sorry I wasn't able to uh, get you guys an episode last week. A lot of um, IRL stuff came up, but we're back. We're ready to go. I'm excited. We got a lot of stuff to get into, but just to give you a little bit of a taste about what we got, we got some NFL week uh, week four recaps and looking forward to head to week five. And we got some uh, we got some we got some LDS uh, playoff takeaways and some NBA Finals game by game breakdowns so far. So sit back, relax, and enjoy. And without further ado, let's get right into this thing. So first off, we got a recap of Week Four with uh, COVID nineteen affecting a couple of teams, especially the Titans. The schedule was kind of shifted around a little bit. The Titans and the Steelers game was canceled and was moved to Week Seven. And the Steelers-Ravens game was moved to week 8. It also shakes up the bye weeks too. The Steelers and the Titans had their bye week last week, which was week 4. While the Ravens bye got moved to from week 8 to week 7. But anyway, enough of all that logistical stuff. Let's get into the meaty games that I had my, that, that I had my eye on last week. First off, we have Browns versus the Cowboys. I mean, I, I need to just go on a rant real quick. It has to be done. I mean... I'm sorry, I know I'm supposed to be unbiased and all that, but I mean, it just has to be done. It just has to be. I mean, ha- I'm, I, I mean, Dak's leading the league in passing yards and going toe-to-toe with Russell Wilson for MVP, in my opinion. And we are still 1-3. and three. Oh, my God. Like, uh, somebody, somebody just send help because we need help. We're, we're supposed to be way better than this, especially on the defensive side of the ball. In all four games, our defense has allowed 146 points to opposing teams. Let me, let me say that again. 146 points to opposing teams in all four games of the regular season. Jerry Jones, if this doesn't tell you that you need help on the defensive side of the ball, I seriously do not know what does. I really don't know what does. Are you kidding me? Like, we need help so much. Like I said earlier, the one request I have for you, Jerry, is to please trade for someone somewhat decent at defense. Please. I mean, at least we, I mean, I know we got a lot of like defensive signings at the free, uh, in free agency. But, like, basically all of them are injured. So we need someone who's going to, like, fill in the roles a little bit while our big guys are down. Like Van Der Esch and uh, Don Terry Poe. I think, no, no, Don Terry Poe's still in there, I think. I'm not sure about him. But Gerald McCoy is also injured. But we need help. Just, we need help. That's all I need to say. But enough of that horrible defense. Let's just talk about that offense. I mean, my goodness. This this offense is probably easily one of the best offenses in football. Um, I... Like, like I said earlier, Dak's probably on pace to have his best season of his career while he's on a franchise tag. Jerry. Man, Jerry, I... Ugh, Jerry, you give me so many problems sometimes. Why did you not pay him? You should have paid him like you paid Carson, Carson Wentz to actually do something, not like throw picks like he does all the time. Like Wentz does. But my goodness, dude. It's just, it's just annoying. And and it's not just Dak who's going off, too. Zeke's been having a decent year so far. Amari Cooper has a little more than 400 yards in four weeks. Michael Gallup is having a great start for a wide receiver, too. And C.D. Lamb, dude, 
he is putting up some insane slot numbers. I think he has like what three hundred yard, three hundred some yards and two touchdowns. Both of them coming up against the Browns from last week. What as a slot receiver? You kidding me? That that's insane. But every time I see Stephen A. Smith's face on like a Twitter post, like I love it, but I also want to run away from the face of the earth because you that that's that stamp of approval that you know you lost that game. Like, like it hasn't, it hasn't been digested yet until you see his face on a Twitter, on a Twitter saying, how about them Cowboys and just going like laughing and saying, see on first take on Monday, blah, blah, blah. Like, bro, give us a break, Stephen A. We've already been going through a lot. So just give us a break, please. That's all I ask. But anyway, enough of my Cowboys. I'll be done talking about them until next episode. So that, that, that's your Cowboys dose of the week. But next up, uh, another game that I had on my mind was the Bills and the Raiders. And and the Bills won that game by a touchdown. And that means they are 4-0. and oh. What? Did, wait, let me let me rub my eyes real quick and see if I read that right. 4-0? and oh? I mean, I thought they were going to be good. But not like this. Jeez, they're putting the world, the NFL world on notice, man. It's crazy. Josh Allen has morphed into a demon on the field as he put up 220, uh, 288 yards with two TDs against those Raiders. And the Raiders have actually been really good this season. They might be a sneaky little playoff contender, but, I mean, the Bills are just going to probably cruise away with that um, AFC East with how they've been playing so far. All right, water break. Now I'm back, though. All right, next up, we have the games that have my eye on on Week 5, and who will win those games? First up, we got Bills Titans. I know I just uh, talked to them, talked about them in the last thing, but they're just so good. I had to put them on the next one. Just an FYI, though, this game will be played on Tuesday, but it's still in the Week Five period because of the Titans outbreak. Also, the potential Thursday night football game between the Chiefs and the Titans will be moved to next Sunday. So anyway, just needed to get that out of the way. But anyway, let's get into this game: Battle of the Undefeateds. The Bills are 4-0, like I mentioned earlier, and the Titans are 3-0. The Titans have a 27-17 all-time record against the Bills. However, that loss number is just going to flick up to 18. Give me the Buffalo Bills to win this one and go 5-0 on the year. I mean, I've been telling you guys that I've been really high on Josh Allen all season, and he's been proving me right. So I'm going to continue to ride this Bills train until unless they struggle. Also, I guess they're only, I guess they're the only good team in New York right now. So it's, uh, in, in football terms, so I guess it's my duty to at least wish them well at some point. The next game I have is also the the Colts and the Browns, which is which are the battle of three and one teams. Both teams are coming off big W's from last week. The Colts got the dub against the Bears, and the Browns got it done against my Cowboys, which I already mentioned earlier. However, I think the Browns' offense has just been like so hot and just firing. Excuse me, on all cylinders. So, give me the Browns to win this one. I mean, it shouldn't even be a question at this point. But anyway, an, uh, from the professional side down to the amateur college side, we got some big games that are actually happening in about a couple hours. So, if I were you, I would watch this episode right now uh, until like 12 or something because, I I mean, un- unless we're going to watch it a day after, you're going to probably call me an idiot or call me the uh or call me a genius so we'll see but anyway uh i think it was like three games yeah three games that i have my eye on our first we have the red river showdown which is texas versus oklahoma 
However, it's not like your regular Red River Showdown where both these teams are like leading the Big 12 and, and have a chance to go to the Big 12 championship. No. Both teams came off of shocking losses against unranked teams in TCU and, and, and Iowa State, respectively. And OU's not even in the top 25 this week, which is insane. Like, who would have thought that OU, with how good their team is and with Spencer Rattler at the helm, I mean, I get it, he's probably a freshman, but... I mean, Lincoln Riley in that system just needs to be a lot better, especially with the, with having been playing the last couple of games. So I mean, we'll see. But anyway, the the, te- the Texas uh, Longhorns are kind of the same thing, but their their only guy is Sam Ellinger. But we'll we'll get into him a little bit later. Uh, I like I said, however, their losses shouldn't diminish how good these teams are whatsoever. I mean, it might not seem like that at first, but trust me, they do. Both quarterbacks, in my opinion, are in the Heisman conversation uh, with Spencer Rattler and Sam Ellinger, like I mentioned earlier. So far this season, Spencer Rattler has 977 yards, 10 TDs, before interceptions, so that kind of takes a little bit of a dent to his Heisman hopes, but I think Rattler is getting the job done for, uh, I think he's been their only bright spot for the Sooners right now. But anyway, over, over to the Longhorns with Sam Ellinger. He's had he's he's having a great season with 924 yards, 14 touchdowns, and two interceptions. So I, I I guess it's not as bad as Rattler, but these these quarterbacks when they get hot, they get hot. So I, I think this will be a slugfest, and and I think I think they play in the Cotton Bowl with these matchups. So it's gonna be a lot of fun. I'm really excited to watch this game. Hopefully, if I get the chance to, because I got flag football in about a couple hours, but. I really want to watch this game if I get the chance to. But anyway, on to the next one. We got number one ranked Clemson in Death Valley, which is their home stadium. It's their own, like, I, I don't know. I, Death Valley is kind of like Louisiana, uh, like, south area, I guess they call it. They're, they're, Clemson is at home taking on number seven ranked Miami. I think it's going to be a must-see matchup. Obviously, you got... When you when you got a top ten matchup going at it, you know you have to sit back and watch it. It's gonna be a great game. Both teams are undefeated, three and zero overall and two and zero in conference play. Both teams have two great quarterbacks in De'Aaron King and a probable number one overall draft pick this coming draft, Trevor Lawrence. I mean, let's just take a look at both of these quarterbacks with De'Aaron up first. King has. Um, 736 yards, six touchdowns, and zero interceptions. And he's also a dual threat quarterback, so he can get out of the pocket and shake some defenders a little bit. So where on the street is that, excuse me, he's been in the Heisman conversation, but I don't know if he's really going to get it because of this man, Trevor Lawrence. He's He's been putting up great numbers, 848 yards, seven touchdowns, and no interceptions. Great season from him, like usual, basically. Clemson also has the top defense, defensive lineman recruit in Brian Brees. So far this year, he's had six tackles and 1.5 sacks. That's not really bad for a true freshman, in my opinion. So we'll see what happens. I'm really excited to watch this game, and you should too. But the last one, my my guy Brian from Arizona, he's a big uh, Tennessee Volunteers guy. But I'm sorry, bro. I got I to gotta do it to you. Um the Volunteers go up against the uh, Georgia Bulldogs. Another battle of the undefeated is both are 2-0 overall in conference play. But although Tennessee has won eight straight going back to last year, the Bulldogs are just too good of a team right now with that Stetson Bennett guy leading them. Like he's been he's been throwing so many dots for them over the course of this year. 
So I mean, we'll see what happens. We'll we'll see if they get it done. But I got I got Georgia winning that one. Uh, now shifting over from the gridiron to the diamond, uh, I'm gonna give you guys my takeaways from each of the uh, league division series matchups. So first off, in the NL, we got the Padres versus the Dodgers. This was just a series. I mean, the 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 the, the this was just a series that like was never gonna be won by the Padres in the first place. I mean, although I had them as my World Series pick, you guys can like hate on me all you want, cause I I'm you think I'm probably the dumbest person on earth right now by picking them to win the World Series now that they just lost. But I mean, we'll see. But the 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 uh, the uh, Dodgers just were insane. The series they they just had a uh, offensive like like beat down of the Padres. I think if they, like I said, I, like I said in my last episode, I think that if they had Mike Clevenger and Denelson Lamette on that team, I think it would have been a really different story. I think that, I think it actually would have went the distance. I think the Padres could have gotten those two games, and then LA could have uh, came back from that 2-0 deficit and came back and won the series. But that's not the case. LA swept them. It was it was a great series by them. A complete team effort all around, especially that offense. To win that series, and in my opinion, any opponent that comes up against them should be scared. But this next opponent, I don't think will be that scared because they're hot too, and we'll talk about them later. Shifting over to the AL now, we got the Rays versus the Yankees, and I hate talking about this series so much. Uh, it pains me. It pains me as a Yankees fan to talk about this. I, if if you saw my story last night, I was I was uh, I was commenting on each of the plays that happened and. Like when when I saw like Garrett Cole and Judge doing their thing, like I I thought we were in good shape, but then Austin Meadows tied that game up. I think in like the sixth or the seventh, to to bring it to a battle of the bullpens, and then when when I saw Chapman warm up in that eighth inning, honestly I thought he was just gonna be a liability. Like this wasn't the right move because. We've seen in the past how he just implodes in in big time games. In Game Six of I think the 2016 World Series, he gave up that like uh, go ahead home run to Rajai Davis. In I think it was I think it was Game Seven. I think I think they gave it up, and then the Cubs would eventually win. But that was that was a big dent, and probably the biggest dent was probably in last year's ALCS when the Yankees came up against the Astros in Game Six. Um. And Chapman just imploded as well. Like he he threw a hanging, I think, slider to Jose Altuve, and that was that was the season. And then now, with with this season, he gave up a go ahead home run to Mike Brousseau of the Rays to put them up two one and eventually win by that score. So Chapman is just a liability in the postseason. I mean, he's a great regular season pitcher, and and when the Temperature gets hot. He throws like a hundred and like five, <laughs> like something like that. I don't think it's one hundred and five. I think it's like one hundred and two, hundred and one. But still, that he throws gas when the temperature gets hot. But when the temperature gets cold, he just like unravels, like like he's like he's not wearing a coat or something during the cold weather to keep him warm. But honestly, it was a tough like I said, it was a tough back and forth series with a lot of home runs hit and especially the. Uh, Especially that off the race offense, but eventually the race came out on top. Immediately after Brasso with that go go ahead bomb, bomb to put them up two one, I was like fire Aaron Boone and fire Cashman ASAP. 
But now that I sit here and think about it, it seems like a bit of a stretch, but I still think that could happen. I'm not, I'm, I wouldn't be surprised if they would fire either one or both of them. Because Boone can't lead us to a World Series at all. I think it was like, I think, he, I think we hired him in like 2017. In like four years, he's been at the helm. He's, he's never led us to a World Series. He's, he, he, we never even made a World Series appearance with him. With no, he had no managing experience before. I mean, he's a, he's a really good manager. I think he just he, he just needs like a lot more like clinics on knowing how to deal with that postseason pressure. So I mean, and then Cashman, went, the the last two years he didn't make any tread date uh, deadline deals. We just imploded. Like we, we we didn't make anything for it, so he's got to go. Boone Boone and Cashman got to go at some point. But anyway, that's my Yankees biased rant. But next, back over to NL, we got the Braves versus the Marlins. And in my opinion, the Braves were just like the Dodgers. It was a complete team effort on 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 the Braves side, and they were beating an inferior team in their division. I think I think this series. Excuse me, this NLCS series is going to be a fantastic series to watch. I'm definitely going to watch it. You got two of the hottest teams in the National League going up against each other. Some, uh, it's, I think it's going to be a great, like I said, it's going to be a great series to watch. I really hope you guys tune in too because it's going to be a great one. But back over to the NL, let's get that, we got the uh, AL, we got the Astros and the A's. Oh boy, do I, do I really have to do this, guys? I mean... This pays me to do this, not just as a Yankees fan because I screwed us over with a championship in 17, but also as a baseball fan because uh, I I have to do it. I had to compliment them. They're they're just they were just being the postseason Astros, but I I had I have this like like premonition inside. I don't know how to say the word, but it's I feel something that's like. I feel like they're cheating again, and they want to like rig the results so that they would win, and and kind of just and just mimic the uh, the cheating back in twenty seventeen just to say, oh, how do you like us now? Like whatever. But I I don't know anymore with these Astros. Like they're just gonna be a scary team. Like no matter what. I mean, even even though they were below five hundred and they're in the postseason, they just got really hot at the right time. So I'd be scared if I were the Rays. But I mean. I'm going to be a temporary race fan for a bit, so I really need them to beat the Astros because the Twins and the A's couldn't, and the Astros are are basically four games away from winning that, uh, from going to the World Series. So I really need the race to come out on top here, and we need, we all, all baseball fans can unite and rooting against the, uh, rooting for the race and rooting against the Astros because we need it to happen. It just has to happen. But anyway, last thing I think, right? Yeah, uh, last thing that we have. We have the NBA Finals. I'm going to give you a game-by-game -game breakdown of the Finals. So in Game 1, we had LeBron and AD doing LeBron and AD things. LeBron was basically one assist away from a triple, one assist shy of a triple-double. AD had a 34-piece. And when, and when you have those two guys going off on the same night, there's no way you can stop them. And the Lakers showed up the Heat 116 and 98 in that first game. And in game two, AD AD had a double double along with six assists and a and a 124 to 114 win over the Heat. I mean, it was just kind of a replication of game one. They were just too good. And Udonis Haslam has been firing this Heat team up 
all all series long. Well, uh, well, up to game three, and uh, it didn't come to fruition in the first two games. But in game three, the Heat say we're here and we're not going down without a fight, and they win game three by a score of one fifteen to one hundred four. Jimmy Butler had a forty point triple double without even making a shot from the three ball. That means he made all of his shots from inside the three-point line. So he was doing it the old school way. He was getting in mid-range, driving to the lane, getting feeding his uh, big guys. So he had a really good game three. And we'll talk about him later too. Uh, if you saw that interview with Rachel Nichols before that game, Jimmy was smiling. He was hopping. He was like, I got to get back to shoot around. How much time he got? He, he, I think he kept checking the clock to see how much time he had left. He was like he was ready to go. He was hopping, he was bouncing, he was doing everything. So he, he, he knew he was going to go off that day, that night. But he's, I think he said after the game, I don't care about a triple-double, I care about a win, and we got that. So, yeah. And he also and he also yelled to his teammates, they're in trouble, the, the Lakers are. But turns out, the Lakers weren't in trouble just yet. Braun had a 28-point triple-double to lead the Lakers to 102-96 win to put them up 3-1 to in the series. Why is that so important, you ask? People in the finals have easily came back from a 3-1 deficit. <coughs> Bronze 2016 Cavs, you know what I'm talking about. But, and that was no different in a must-win game for Lakers in Game 5. They wore their mama jerseys thinking they were going to win it for Kobe. And although that would be very fitting and very, uh, and very uh, I don't know how to say it, um, the Heat came to play. Jimmy Butler put up another triple-double. He had 35, 12, and 11. And and, and, he, and he put the Heat to stay alive in the series. I mean, he literally left it all out on the floor because after the game, he was tired and limping like off the press conference podium. And honestly, if I was Pat Riley, I would lock this man up in a lifetime contract because of his efforts, because of the way he played so hard. Like... Immediately after you will see that video and after he was like lay, laying his arms off the ledge of the the baseline or the out of bounds thing where they had the whole like Larry O'Brien trophy drawing on the outside, whatever. But guys, another week in the books. Please subscribe and follow this podcast. We go uh, week by week with all the different news you need to catch up on in sports. Again, please Please follow this. It's going to be a great uh, a great next few weeks to see how this sports world is going to uh, turn out to be. Will the Lakers eventually win the finals? Who will move on to the World Series and who will kind of uh, fold under pressure in the MLB? Who will do well and who will, and who will get upset again? Maybe the Sooners will get upset again. But anyway, this is going to be a really fun next couple weeks. So I keep saying this, but you have to have to follow this podcast it's your one-stop shop for all of the week's recap of sports but anyway i'm out y'all peace I like that.